Hey everyone, welcome to episode 129, Strainer Parenting. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. How are we almost to episode 130? Can we just take a moment to like breathe that in? Like what is happening? This is a train that is going so fast and I can't even keep up with it. And I'm just along for the ride with you. And your feedback about our podcast helps me so much so I know what resonates with you. So then I can talk about that more. And strainer parenting is actually something that really helped me during my unconscious years. Whenever I say unconscious, it makes me giggle because it sounds like I fainted and I'm not breathing. Unconscious just means I was on autopilot. And oh my goodness, I want you also to know that when you are conscious about your living and about your life, it doesn't mean you're conscious all the time. The brain is always trying to conserve energy. So it's doing its job. So I don't want you to use this work as evidence to beat yourself up. It's always gonna be 50-50. Probably 50% of the time you'll be unconscious and that's normal. And 50% of the time you'll be conscious and that's good too. Now, when I was unconscious, it was probably 90-10. That wasn't very much fun because I couldn't figure it out. So you're gonna have some awakening or something that's gonna try to help you or someone that's gonna try to help you to be your shock paddles like in Grey's Anatomy to wake you up. And for me, that was Lily. For you, it might be your spouse. Someone living within your four walls right now is your paddles. They are here to wake you up, to teach you where you need to grow. And that's really good news. If it's one of your kids, that's awesome because then you can know that their own throbbing spirit is here to teach you where you need to grow. And not from a place of I'm not good enough, but from the opposite place of like, oh, if I'm the problem, I'm the solution. And not that you're a problem or I was a problem. It was that it was my unconsciousness was a problem. Kids are just being kids. How do we know? Because if your neighbor kids come to your house, your reaction's so much different. You're not as reactive to things they do right or wrong because it doesn't even affect you. You're like, oh, it's just a kid being a kid. I was so confused why at school, I could have that mindset of a kid's being a kid, I need to help. Is this an event or is this a pattern? Is this a pattern or is this an event? What's going on? Look at the whole child, like all the things. And then for my own too, I was like, threw the baby out the bathwater. So that's how we know it's not a kid problem and that's really good news. And it's not even a you problem and it wasn't even a me problem. It was a ego, inner child, unconsciousness problem. And again, it's not a problem, it's a way to wake you up. And Dr. Shafali said, pain is the greatest portal for growth. If your kids were minions and followed everything that you said and everything that we said, then we wouldn't have any growth in that. So that's the good news. The bad news is conscious parenting, conscious living, conscious wifing, conscious husbanding, ding. I'm just making up words now, is a journey and not a destination. There is no A plus that you can get. I promise I've tried to get it. It doesn't happen. We're now in the school of life. There's no report card. You get to create your own rubric and you get to create your own report card and you get to put whatever grades you want on there. And that's why some of you like grace versus grit because we are stuck in the mindset of the A or F mindset. If I get an F, it's because I'm a loser. If I get an A, then I need to keep that A and I just need to keep going, going, going because I have to get straight A's. I have to get straight A's. I have to get straight A's. You're putting too much pressure on yourself. That's why so many of you love B-minus parenting. And that came from Brooke Castillo and that helped me so much because I was like, oh, I don't have to go for the A and B-minus 
And overall, you can get some C's and D's and that's okay. You can even get some F's. I get F's all the time, but I learn from those F's. I don't just keep getting F's, but I get F's all the flipping time. Sometimes I get A's, but I'm in charge of my own rubric. I'm doing my own report card. So it's my relationship with myself. The kids, the spouse, the boss, your sister-in-law, your mother-in-law, the XYZ person that you're thinking of right now gets no say in your report card. Now you want to take their feedback and you want to see if they're safe and where they are on Saturn and all those good things. It's not like you just put on your blinders and be like, nope, I'm not going to listen to any of you. But where is their truth in what they're saying if they're close to Saturn, especially our kids? They are the greatest truth tellers. So listen to them without an ego, without a fear, without not being good enough. And you'll see unconsciousness happen all the time and that's okay. Just like your kids, you'll see it in them, you'll see it in your spouse, you'll see it in your boss, you'll see it in all the people. And that's okay because you're doing it too. We're doing it too. I'm doing it too. I do it every day. This time last week, my car broke down and it was one of the scariest events. Lily's birth and her not making it, then making it was literally the scariest moment of my life. There was nothing even that even comes close to that. There's not even a close second. So this was in the top five to 10 of scariest moments of my life. And it wasn't as long lasting as Lily's birth, but it was terrifying. My car randomly broke down. Like, do cars break down? I've never had a problem with this car. It's a 2014. It's an Acura. Now, I do have a lot of miles on it, but like, do cars break down? I mean, I know people, like, I've had many times where I go to start the car and it doesn't start, like the battery's dead because I left a light on or it's just an old battery. I hear about that happening, but just a relatively new car with under 100,000 miles just randomly breaking down in the middle of the road, does that happen? I haven't had it happen since I had old beaters when I was in high school. So to say I was surprised is an understatement. I'm driving along, going to pick up Lily at volleyball, have plenty of buffer time, and all of a sudden my car starts shaking violently. I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I try to pull over, but it stops. And I have people whipping and whizzing by me going 100 miles per hour, it felt like, and swerving to get around me. I was a sitting duck. It was so scary. And I'm trying to start it and it's not starting. It's actually starting to smoke. I'm like, this is insane. What is happening? I love my car. I think I'd take pretty good care of it. I just had an oil change that weekend. So I was like, well, clearly there's no service that I haven't received. What is going on? Then out of nowhere, I just like, I said a prayer and I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. That's what I kept saying. I'm like, oh my God, 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 oh my God. And then I start it and it starts for a second. I press on the gas super hard and it gives me a shot of like movement and then it shuts down again. But because of that shot of movement and that momentum, I was able to pull over into a 55 and older community right at their gate. And I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And I called David and I could not get a hold of David. David's like the easiest human to get a hold of. And I'm calling, I think I called him nine times. It was at nighttime. I knew he was having movie night with Grady while I was at volleyball with Lily. So I'm like, where could he be? What is going on? What's going on? So my dad had a great idea. He's like, why don't you have a neighbor go over and knock on the door? Because I was like, oh, he just probably, you know, shut his phone off for the movie or all the notifications. And neighbor went over, said, sorry, thank you, Jason and Danielle. Oh my goodness, you saved the day. And they said, sorry to tell you this, but Kelly's car broke down and she needs you to check her phone. He's like, oh, okay. David, who never gets like super like panicked or sad or like he's very stable Mabel. He's like, oh, okay, I'll call her. And then he calls me and I was, I was doing better. And then all of a sudden I heard his voice. I'm like, and then this happened, this happened. So anyway, long story longer. Apparently my coolant belt wasn't working in the car. And that was my car's way. Cause I was also getting all these warning signs. That was the car's way of not having my car blow up. The coolant wasn't cooling the engine. So the engine was getting so hot and it didn't want it to blow up. So it 
shut my car off. I was like, oh, I guess that's the good news. Bad news is it was a $1,200 fix, but during the time, and then they had to order the part, it took a long time. So long story longer, I had to rent a car because it was going to be a while. And so while I'm renting this car, of course, my unconsciousness comes blazing through because it's so different. It's a brand new car. Well, it wasn't a brand new car. It was a Buick. It was really cute. It was really zippy and really, I'm actually a very slow driver. And this car was very zippy. And I was like, wow, I'm like, I think I'm like going the speed limit. So it was a very fun, zippy, like, I don't know what kind of car it was, but it was a Buick. It looked like a crossover, but it was not big enough to be a crossover, but it wasn't an SUV and it wasn't a car. So Buick, you have to make a fun, zippy, kind of a crossover car, but much smaller than my crossover. Because my Acura is a crossover and I love crossovers because they drive like a car, but you feel safe like an SUV. Anyway, I'm not doing a car commercial. It was zippy. And while I was in this car, so many things were like, where's the air? Where's this? My brain had to work so hard. And literally I had the car for almost a week. And in our neighborhood, if you go through the right side, that's where the residents are. And they have a sticker on their car that automatically opens like the little guard handle gate arm thing. And so that's nice and all. But since I'm in my rental, I had to go through the guest side and show my ID, do all the things. So I had it for almost a week. So I don't know how many times I go inside of the out of the gate, but it's a lot. I'm shuttling kids to volleyball, to baseball. Grady's into golf. He had a tennis lesson this week. There's lots of moving and shaking. Plus school, plus just living life. And so let's just say I go through the gate, I don't know, 10 times a day. Maybe that's a little high. Five to 10 times. I will tell you, this is kind of embarrassing. Let's say I do it. Let's say I did it 50 times. We'll say 10 times times five days. Out of 50 times, do you know how many times I went through the resident gate? Probably 48 out of 50. Because my brain, when it's driving, is on autopilot. And even as I'm pulling up into the neighborhood, waiting at the light to get in, I said to Lily, I have to make sure I go through the guest side because it's embarrassing when you have to go through the resident side and then the gate doesn't open. And then there's people behind you and you have to do the U-turn of shame. And you have to like say, excuse me, excuse me. You have to back up. It's like a situation. 48 out of 50 times I went through the resident side. Like, what? But that is so powerful. It's such a silly example, but it's so powerful of how, I mean, I've lived here for 10 years. So I give myself grace. It was actually very funny, but it was so fascinating how many times I kept going through the resident side because the brain was so used to doing it for 10 years times, you know, five to 10 times a day that it happened over and over and over. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then I had to tell the people, I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know, and it's so embarrassing. Nobody cares. But I was so moved by how ingrained it was to go through the right side instead of the left side. Another example of how we are all on autopilot and that's okay because the brain is conserving energy. It doesn't want to think so hard. So you give yourself grace like, oh, this is why this is so hard until it's not. And then I finally started getting used to going through the guests and then they called and said, my car is ready. So guess what's happening now? I have to think consciously, okay, what car am I in? Guest or resident? Guest or resident? Now that's going to be over and done with because I'm so used to doing the 10 years of going on the right side. That'll be an easy fix. But think about how hard it was for me after 10 years to do it for five days, maybe seven days. I don't even know how long I had the rental. So if I'm doing that in that area, where else am I doing it? So it just made me go, huh, this is so fascinating. And also another example, because David is the same way. I mean, we all are. We're all on autopilot to a point and that's the way the brain's supposed to work because it likes to seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient. So it doesn't like to work that hard. And that's a good thing because it works in our benefit that our brain isn't exhausted just from pulling into a neighborhood. And Lily just made the school volleyball team and she usually gets picked up around four. But now since she has volleyball after school, she doesn't get picked up till 5.30, sometimes 5.45, depending on how long the practice goes. Well, David always does pick up and he leaves the house around 3.30 to get her at four. Well, since she's made the volleyball team, 
he doesn't have to leave till like 5.15, 5.30. There's actually not a line because most of the line, the reason why he leaves at 3.30 to get there at four, it's a five minute drive, but there's such a long line that it helps to get there early to get a good spot. So she doesn't have to wait a long time, et cetera, et cetera. So he usually lives around 3.30 to pick up at four. Well, if you're going after school, you're only other cars that are there are the other people that are playing volleyball, sometimes baseball, sometimes soccer, the other extracurricular activities. So you can leave two minutes before you have to be there because there's no line. So I'm telling you, she's been on the team for maybe two weeks. Every day around 3.30, I hear him getting his keys, getting his flip-flops. And then on Friday, they don't have practice. So he's getting his keys. I'm like, she has volleyball. He's like, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. And it's so funny because he's so used to leaving at 3.30, that adjustment to the time because it's so new, it's like, oh, that's right. It creates a lot more consciousness. So that's what conscious parenting feels like in the beginning. It's like, Kelly, I can't work this hard. When you go to do the thing, you hear all the things that we talk about and then you go to do the thing and the brain just likes to go on autopilot. It likes to go through the right instead of the left. That's completely normal. So now you're gonna disrupt that pattern and the brain is mad about it. It's too much work, it's too hard. But then the way that you feel afterwards is like, oh, that was awful. So when I was unconscious and I was figuring all this out, I didn't even know about egos and consciousness and autopilots or the brain. I didn't know any of it. I was just really frustrated with Lily. And I was really frustrated with Grady. And I wasn't having very much fun as a parent. And I remember thinking, well, I know I'm not doing a very good job because I really wasn't doing a very good job. Like if I look back now, I wasn't my best self. I was getting D's and F's on a regular basis. If I just focus on my side of the street, I was getting lots of D's and F's and that's why I was beating myself up. And as the kids were also getting D's and F's, so I was like beating themselves up too in my head. Like if they would just change, if they would just change. Well, they're one and three. Getting them to change is probably not gonna happen from my lectures. I'm just throwing that out there, but I couldn't see that. I was like, if I just lecture them enough, if I just have the right consequence, I just need to have the right punishment. I just need to have the right timeout. I just was looking for the thing to change their behavior. This is gonna sound crazy, but I never even thought about changing my behavior. I mean, I thought about it, but I like, didn't think about it. I thought about them 90% and me like 10. Well, maybe I could have handled that better. Okay, but then the thing would happen and it was like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat because I was on autopilot just like I was going through the right side. So I remember thinking, well, at least they have David. Like I'm messing up, I'm getting D's and F's, but David, when he was unconscious, he was still very calm because he wasn't triggered as much as I was. So he's getting a B or a C. And so I was like, the stuff that I'm doing wrong is just gonna fall through the cracks and they're gonna know that they're loved and that they're safe and that they're happy some of the times. And so the rest is just gonna fall through the strainer. It was almost like the B minus was coming alive without having the B minus. I was like, well, at least they have David. That was my huge thing. So I'm a hot mess, but he's pretty stable Mabel. So all of my imperfections will fall through the strainer. Well, once I started to become conscious, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This goes back to when I was teaching. This goes back to, oh, okay, this makes sense. Because when I was teaching, a huge focus of my teaching was how am I making the kids feel every single day? Because our feelings, our emotions, the vibrations going through our body, people are gonna remember that over things that I taught, how I taught it, the books I used, the sticky notes that I used. We used to have these wiki sticks, I think they were called, to circle it in the big books. I had all the bells and whistles of teaching. But as I taught year after year after year, the kids would always come back and tell me how I made them feel. They never remembered much of what I taught. They remember two things. They would remember I had bunk beds in my classroom. They remembered Curious George and they remembered the Love Cup. It was probably in the opposite order. It was Love Cup, Curious George, because he was our mascot, and the bunk beds. Isn't that funny? After teaching for almost 20 years and having a handful of students who are now, this was in 96 when I started. So doing the math, they are old 
grown adults now. Like they are all grown adults. And I always say, what do you remember about first grade? And they 99% remember the love cup. I remember how you made me feel. I remember that this happened and it's always tied to an emotion. And so I was like, oh, that's how I did strainer teaching because my only focus was how am I gonna make these kids feel? When Mark Lycan said out loud, I feel like she's always mad at us, that changed everything because they don't remember anything other than how you made them feel. And I love this quote and you probably heard it by Maya. She says, I've learned that people forget what you said, people forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. This is really good news because when you forget the permission slip or you forget snack or you don't have a clean house or you don't feed all the food groups and all the meals and you don't do X, Y, Z, it all goes through the strainer. The big blocks that your kids, my kids, our kids will always remember is how did they feel within our four walls? Did they feel safe? That's a huge boulder. Did they feel loved? That's a huge boulder. Was there mostly calm energy? That's a huge boulder. Was there lots of love? That's a huge boulder. Did they feel loved for who they were? Huge boulder. Now things that will slip through the cracks and go through the strainer, whether they got a B or a C on a certain paper. The B or the C or the D or the F doesn't matter as much as how did mom and dad react when that happened. See how it's always focused on your side of the street? It's always focused on our side of the street. And I love this quote. It says, some days I messed up as your mom. Some days I didn't have the energy. Some days I didn't show you grace. Some days I simply let you down. But every day, sweet child, every day I loved you. Isn't that beautiful? Because they know that all of the other stuff is gonna fall through the cracks and we're all just B minus trying to be B minus parents and letting them be B minus kids. Now let's read that same quote and change it from our kid's point of view. Some days I messed up as being your kid. Some days I didn't have any energy as a kid. Some days I didn't show you grace, mom and dad. Some days I simply let you down, mom and dad. But every day, sweet mom, sweet dad, sweet parent, sweet guardian, every day I loved you. Isn't that beautiful? Because you see it and you hear it and you're like, that's a beautiful quote and that's exactly how I feel. And that's exactly how our kids feel. So not only are we doing strainer parenting where all the good stuff stays in the bowl, all the mess ups and all the slip ups and all the disappointments, that all goes through the holes in the strainer. And so the same thing works for our kids, what they're gonna remember from their childhood. And then the cool thing is whatever those big boulders are, whatever those rocks are that stay in their bowl, and there's gonna be stuff in their bowl that you can't control that's gonna stay in their bowl and you don't even remember it happening. What's gonna happen is whatever those big rocks are, whatever those big boulders are, the foundations, the emotions, the overarching feelings and rocks of how they felt, living within your four walls, just like my students in the four walls of the classroom, that is what they're gonna remember. Not what you fed them, not how the house was. They're gonna remember your tone. They're gonna remember your energy. They're gonna remember the big boulders. And then, and then, and then, and then, Grady always talks in three, they are gonna go out and recreate that in their young adult and adult relationships. How powerful is that? So if there's a lot of yelling and chaos and hitting and screaming, that might elicit more rocks of fear abandonment, timidness. And so those are going to be their rocks. So then when they grow up and go into their young adult relationships, they will go find that because it will feel familiar. And so you have to think about what were the rocks that you had when you were growing up and how are you recreating that now? And so consciousness is we have two chances at a parent-child relationship. First chance, we had no say in the matter. This one, we have lots of say. You get to choose your rocks. You get to choose your boulders. You get to see your child's life from their point of view versus from your point of view. It awakens you and awakens the power within you 
to make the changes and to reparent yourself in a way that if your boulders were not ideal and there was lots of fear and chaos and screaming and yelling and hitting and God forbid abuse, you know how that made you feel. And then you can parent from that place of I'm going to change things. I'm going to disrupt this pattern because I don't want to go through the right side gate just because I always go through the right side gate. You step into emotional adulthood and you get to create the boulders of your choice. And it's going to be hard and it's supposed to be hard. If it was easy, then everybody would be doing it. You're going to make a conscious choice in every engagement you have with them, most of the engagements, to choose the left side going through the gate instead of always doing the same old, same old because that's the way we've always done it. That is not a reason to always do what we've always done unless it elicited positive, happy, big boulders that you really feel safe in. So go back to your childhood What boulders did you wish were there? What boulders did you have there? And then you, from that place of the good and the bad, it was probably 50-50, you take the good and know that there will be some other rocks that you don't even put there or you don't even know you're putting there because you're unconscious and I'm unconscious, but everything else slides through the strainer. And that is where B minus, C plus, the Ds and the Fs, you give yourself grace that you know it's gonna slide through the strainer and then they're gonna remember the good stuff. They're gonna remember how you made them feel on the regular. This does not mean you need to be perfect. They're gonna remember the overarching way that you made them feel as a pattern. Now, when you have your slip-ups, and I have my slip-ups, those are events. The events slip through the holes because just like Maya says, your children will forget what you said. They will forget what you did, but your children will never forget how you made them feel. And those are the boulders and everything else goes through the strainer. I love you guys and I'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really wanna fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.